0: Part two of our look back at 2021. Christmas is over finally. I mean, we're done with it. <laughs> what are we supposed to do now? What now so- we can look forward to New Year's. I was going to say,
1: yeah. yeah. My uh, it, it, so the, here's a question for you. Hot take: How long do you keep Christmas decorations up the day after? You take them down the day we after. We
0: put them up the day before Christmas and take them down the no, day after. No, you don't. <laughs> oh, that sounds like you. You. <laughs> <laughs> no, we give it to the New Year. New Year, yeah, okay. We take them down January uh, January 1st when we get back from from our New Year's trip. So, yeah, uh, yeah but now we got New Year's to look forward to. There you which go. is always fun. It's always time. fun. Yeah, yeah, it's always a great yeah. one. And Hopefully I won't catch the COVID
1: this year. Hopefully that was don't New Year's the last COVID. year that, that I got the vid,
0: and and this New Year's is especially exciting because we have a <gasps> big, <gasps> <gasps> massive, <gasps> huge announcement to make here in just a few days for yep. you guys. So, but before we get there, before we get to that big massive announcement, uh, today's episode is the second half of the year. Yeah. The second half clips. Last year we did the first half. We talked about week some more favorite guests. Yeah, last week we did first half. So the second half of the year, who do you think about when you think about the second half of your most recent, in other words, our most recent interviews, who are some of the people that stick out to you? So, so we're, we're talking like July on pretty much.
2: Um,
1: so honestly, so like Tara Lee cobble, um, just Mm -hmm. cause we've gotten to know her, the Bible recap, that one was really fun. Like she's just like so full of wisdom. It's, uh, I, I mean, that was, that was a fun one. um, Probably honestly, my favorite one was Donnie Vincent.
0: Mm, that was a good because
1: one. he's who I want to be when I grow up. I just want to <laughs> I just want to hike around the world and be uncomfortable all the time and uh and hunt. That's I mean yeah, it'll be awesome. Yeah, that'll be so awesome. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think of a couple of names that that aren't by any. I mean, nobody in the world would know these names other than people that they do know. I think of Kelly Higgins uh-huh. and her story. I think of uh-huh. Doctor Jeffrey Parker. Uh, and his prison ministry in South Dallas, you weren't at yeah. that one. Um, that was an awesome story. I think of uh, dang, I had just had it on the top of my head. Who was it? Um, I guess it was that impactful on me. Yeah, it? super powerful man. <laughs> um, uh, Charlie I mean, Price. Charlie Price. Yeah. Charlie Price was an awesome one. Uh, that was that's one of Darren's good friends, and that was a fun one. Yeah. Um, to get to get uh, you know, to talk to him, get to know him. Ethan Cross was another good one. Yeah. And Ethan Cross was good. You know, near all had a big impact uh-huh. on you as far as from a time management perspective. Yeah. Ethan Cross had a big impact on me due to how I speak to myself. Yeah. I have a very negative voice yeah. in my head, constantly telling me I'm not good enough, constantly telling me I need to do more. Mm. And that was a really cool conversation. His book was really good as well of just how to take a step back and how to actually use that voice to your advantage as opposed to your detriment. So that was another good one I liked. So I I, I, honestly though, I mean, we
1: had a really great second half of the year, but I think just the experience overall when we, when we brought on Aaron Watson, I think that was just so cool. It was so fun. It was on location up at Choctaw casino and we got to see the show after, but just the conversation and how just like cool of a guy yeah. he was. Oh, great dude, man! He, he it was was, he's been texting so us just fun. randomly yes. afterward too. Just.
0: Yeah, we're kind of a big deal. But, yeah, that's just the kind of guy he is. Like, he's as famous as can be, and, yeah, yeah he's just down to earth. So well. down to earth. But, I mean,
1: it was just – it was fun. And then to see him and Darren connect, that was one of the funnest things for me, like, to yeah. see Darren connect with, like, a country you singer. You couldn't pick two more no. opposite people and from then,
0: as far as their life experience Exactly. <laughs> and then, like,
1: you know, Facetime with my kids. My kids lost their mind because he <laughs> – and I've mentioned it a bunch of times that he's their favorite country yeah. singer for sure. And, like, for him to, like – and he had fun with
0: it, too. It was so cool, man. That was, that was a really good one. Really, yeah. really good one. Yeah, I mean, overall, it's, uh, we said this last week, it's just been such a fun year. Yeah, This year has been such a year of growth. It's been the busiest year of our lives outside the podcast. <sighs> no doubt. And then you take, take the life to the podcast. It's yeah. been as busy as possible. Uh, we've grown so much, and that has everything to do with you guys. Mm-hmm. So we're very appreciative of that. Yes, thank you. Um, again, we look forward to the new year. We look forward to letting you guys in on something we've been working on very, very hard for but the wait, last few months. There's more. What do you mean? And we got a lot going in 2022. Oh, oh Get yeah. ready. Yeah. Now, Get 2022 away. is going to be a big year. Uh, like I said, we've got a big announcement coming up, so we're so excited to share that with you guys. Uh, speaking of sharing, that's the best way you can help us out, that's share right. these podcasts. We've got big plans in 2022, so... Thank you guys so much for this year. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the love and all the feedback. Uh, And we hope you enjoy looking back at year 2022, 2021, sorry, part two. Enjoy it, guys. Have a great
3: New Year's. But when I looked into the science behind this, what I found is that people were equally likely to be harmed by their inner voice. That just going inside and searching for answers doesn't always help people. Sometimes it makes our problems much, much worse. Cause then we get stuck in these negative thought Uh loops. Like uh we suck. What if this happens again? You know, the coach hates me or, you know, any number of forms that, that, that lead to things like anxiety and depression. So that, that was a puzzle that I wanted to try to solve. Right. So why is it that sometimes this inner voice is a tool that can help us, but other times it can really harm us. And, and, and how, do you, how do you make it help you if it's harming you? Yeah.
0: That was going to be my question. Is the inner voice on default negative? Meaning, is, gotcha. is, it a, is it a survival instinct to think negatively first and then we've got to work to think positively? Or is it genetic where some people just think more? How does that dynamic work?
3: Well, um, there's, you know, there's differences and, and the differences between people are are influenced in part by our genes, in part by our early childhood experiences where we grew up. Interestingly, we, we've even learned that um, I think we're all around the same the same vintage age wise here. Um, like when we were in school, we learned that there was genes and then there was your family and environment mm-hmm. and each influenced who you are. Uh, what we've learned more recently is actually your, your genes and your environment, they mix. So you could think about your genes as kind of like having a piano inside inside the cells of your body. And, and the, your genes are the keys of the piano. But what we've learned is that your experiences in the world can influence what keys on that piano get pressed, mm-hmm. what genes get actually expressed. And influence your behavior so so your genes and and, and experiences they mix together in really interesting um, and powerful ways um, so so you know that determines in part what we say to ourselves but the the other important thing to know is there's this great finding which is bad is stronger than good uh, mm-hmm. and what it means is we are we're more sensitive to the bad stuff in life than the good stuff. And it makes sense if you think about it because the bad stuff can kill us, right? right? So so if you think about it, we want to be more focused on a potential loss than on a potential gain. And so it is true that um, the inner voice tends to be more active by bad stuff. Um, But whether it takes the bad and converts it into a good or just makes the bad worse, that's what we have control over.
0: Got it. Yeah, you talk about shut you know we're told often to shut off that voice or silence that voice but what you're trying to do is you're saying no let's re-educate let's reset let's remotivate.
4: the best person to sell any product that is yours guys and everyone knows it's listening is you no matter when you take on a new business member a team member and you're trying to teach them your system it's never going to be as good as in you selling it that's fine mm. all right mm. you just got to make sure you live with that unless you can find a system that works or you are not solely responsible for selling that product in a certain way right. irrespective of that i thought about this i'm like so i've got these books now who would buy my books i don't think guys are going to bookstores true, truth be told i don't think they are so who's going to buy them mothers girlfriends mm-hmm. and definitely grandmas because they've got no idea what to buy their grandchildren yeah like, they really yeah. don't they ask their they ask their daughters they ask their, their sons what do i buy yeah, so So, what I would do is, I'd go into these bookstores and be like, guys, I'm from the local Northern Beaches. I just created this book myself that's a nice local book. So, I really sell it like that. Like, if you have anyone who comes in here and says, I don't know what to get my grandson, boyfriend, or son, just point them this. Because not only do you want them to cook, Mm. it makes them look good because they can start to cook, but also they start to actually understand a basic life skill. And it's affordable. Yay, everybody wins. So, What happened was um, they asked for one. I go, I remember the lady, very bluntly, she goes, Dan, I'll take one. I'm like, sweet, she's like, how much is one? I'm like, "Uh, I
2: don't know,
4: like, uh, we'll say 30 bucks and you mark it up 10, so you make 10 bucks a month. I'm like, the lady was so sweet. She knew in her head that was the worst deal ever. And then she's like, "No, I don't want one book. I want one box." And I'm like, "Oh, sweet!" So I'm like, "Ah," oh, so I had to redo the calculator. I'm doing. I didn't do any Excel spreadsheet, guys. I didn't have anyone. So I was just like naive kid. I didn't. I didn't even think of a price to sell in the book, and I rocked up with my. Uh, you already had them done. You just didn't know yeah, what you're selling like, them I for. I walked up. I'm like, "You want to sell my books? How much?" are I, I don't know. But come to me for a fair price. So I ended up. Um, I ended up selling out of that box, which had 14 in it in a mm. day so i brought back another four and within one week i'd sold out so i sold a thousand units in uh it was actually eight eight days
5: a pastor friend of mine when i was touring as a musician a pastor friend of mine said hey have you ever read the whole thing and i said "Mm, i'm sure i pieced it together and he said start today you can read the whole thing in a year in 12 minutes a day
6: in twelve minutes, and a I day. was like, "That's a commitment. Well, I
5: have no excuse." Well, the, the minutes, how fast so Darren reads! I
6: probably, no, that, probably no, 30 no, every minutes. day. Yeah, I know. I, think, I mean, true. every day. Mm-hmm. Now we're not talking about you, Liz. You grew up in a, in a <laughs> right, in a, right. Your, your foundation is different than than, than most, most, right? People. Yeah, for sure. But if you, that's that's a full time commitment, even to give it. You know, the, just the focus of doing it on a day to day basis, mm-hmm. regardless of three hundred sixty five right, days. Yeah. That is a commitment. That's a it full-time commitment. It is. It commitment. is for sure. Yeah.
5: I will tell you, though, um, the a lot of people, I think, struggle because we're either slow readers or yep. we're auditory learners. Mm. And so I'm an auditory learner. Yep. And so one of the best things for me is that Bible app will read it to me. Absolutely. It's so yep. helpful. Yeah. So and like I'll even sometimes if my mind is wandering, I'll, re, I'll have it read it to me while I'm reading it with my eyes. Right. So that I stay engaged with it. But 12 minutes a day, especially if, you know, like, I find you can listen to it in the shower. You can listen to it on a drive. You can listen to it. There's no excuse. And anybody who's listening to this podcast, they do auditory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 I
1: think think to your point, right, it's a huge, huge commitment Mm -hmm. unless you have a plan.
6: Yep, exactly. And we talk about it all the time. Yeah. If you don't have a plan, then it it is what it is. But I, I guess what I'm listening to is... I wish I would have had this years ago, especially when I was coming up in high school or college. We used to, in high school, we had a Bible study. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, we would read and it was just, we we read and that was it. We read for, you know, 30, 40 minutes. And I never really digested Mm -hmm. what I was reading. Mm -hmm. So having a recap and having someone, and the way I learned, same way, I learned in an auditory way. But not only that, but you can. If we can have a conversation, a basic conversation after the fact, now I'm digesting yeah. Yeah. what I just Absolutely. read. Yeah.
7: It was at that time that, uh, that I started developing a clientele. Okay. Started bringing people in and I'm in New York City and I have, you know, some celebrities and, you know, the salon was a big, you know, midtown hair salon uh-huh. and it was fun. It was enjoyable. But Charlie was still getting fucked up. Mm you know, right. Every hour I'm in the bathroom taking a hit off a rock just so I could function just so I could see straight. Right. Um, and that would go on, you know, and then it was like, okay, I have to, I can't do crack anymore. I can't have that super up. And then, then, so I would just do Coke. I would just do blow all Mm. day long. And again, I'm making nothing. Mm. I'm making zero. right? So it, you know, then turn into who am I robbing? Who am I going to steal? What car can I jack? Mm. You know, who can I beat up in the subway and take their wallet? What tourists are going through? You know, uh, holiday season in New York was fantastic because it was always tourists around. You right. could always snatch yeah, and grab and, yeah. you know, um, I was fortunate cause I was good at it, you know, mm. and, I never really had legal precedence when it came to that, you know, Mm -hmm. or I never got caught. So Mm -hmm. I always just, everything kind of came easy in that sense. Um, But then as my career developed, it was just getting worse and worse. You know, me, I was just, I was in a really bad way.
6: Right. So were you getting this time and you're getting all this experience, are you getting, even though you're loaded, on yeah. drugs yeah are you getting better at your trade oh my god i'm killing it See, i'm
7: latching on to some of the best in my craft mm. the best in the business and i'm learning and i'm absorbing and i'm taking in and yeah i you know i'm just getting it at such a young age
8: mm-hmm. right.
7: you know where i'm working with some of the best hairdressers in the world right. you know and they're in their 50s and their 60s and i'm you know now embarking on 20.
9: So in some ways it's the best time ever to start a business because you know, the there's chaos uh-huh. and and chaos is opportunity. When, when you look at, you know, the entrenched powers that be when everything is going according to plan. My, my take is, is that the, the most powerful get the strong, get stronger uh-huh. and, and disruption is harder. But when you mm-hmm. look at even something like the last year, I mean, it's chaos.
8: Yeah. And
9: lots of stuff has emerged and, you know, champions have been dethroned and underdogs are, are reigning and you know that's that it, it, i think that those kinds of disruptions are are or i should say can be blessings in disguise
10: one of the things that i try to teach my guys is okay men uh, no more excuses
9: mm-hmm. your
10: father was not there mm. uh, your mother uh, was probably not the best mother you probably mm-hmm. didn't get the best education so what Right. Now what? Right. Mm-hmm. Now what are we going to do? Um, and, and so from that perspective, we began to look forward. Mm-hmm. And my past kind of fueled uh, my journey going forward. The fact that I've spent time in prison, there are employers out here who will now give you a job. Mm. And you know, the pain that you went through not having a father, then become the father to your children that you didn't have. Right. And so what we try and do now is rid them of those excuses because someone has to break this cycle of fatherless homes. Mm -hmm. And so when guys come into our program, if they have children, they are our number one priority. And that's why we call it restoration. We want to start first by restoring the whole man's Mm -hmm. and then restoring the family And so that your son won't have the absence of a father because we're going to put you back into his life. And so that's where our journey is. Restoring the whole man, restoring the family and breaking that cycle because your father left. You know how that made you feel and you know where that journey took you. So let's change that scenario.
7: I was always from as my youngest memory I can think like I don't want to fail in life yeah so I don't and I never Hmm. felt this is going to sound um negative against myself but this is just what I was telling myself from the get-go I I would I was thinking like I'm not very bright like I don't I don't excel in my mind I don't excel physically like I need every freaking chip that I can stack in my Mm -hmm. favor so I'm just gonna pay attention I'm gonna You know, be as clean as I can and work as hard as I can and just put one foot in front of the other.
11: It was hard, but um, I think just everything I had been through previously, my mom and I very much are just like one foot in front of the other. Like, Uh. what does this day bring? And one of my friends one time said something that stuck with me. She said, take it one day at a time. And if one day is too much, take it one day hour at a time mm. so it's like what what are we going to do this hour are we going to eat breakfast are we going to mm-hmm. you know try and figure that out and it really was just a power power through mentality and mm-hmm. I never was one to like sit and like in sorrow or why me it's mm. just you have to that's what I wanted
6: to ask you about was the why me
11: no because I think if you're gonna get through it, you have to stay positive right so mm-hmm. you can't You can't look at the why me you Mm. have to just like, how am I, what am I going to do to get better and get back to work? And I was living in New York city and I was 25 years old and I had a job at a big agency and, Mm. you know, I just wanted to get back to my normal life. Right. And so it was like, what can we do to heal and get healthy and, you know, just keep powering forward.
10: All right.
1: We're going to take a quick break from the episode and recognize an opportunity that we all have. If you are having a hard week or you just need some R&R, here's what you got to do is you got to drive up 75 north, cross the Red River to Durant, Oklahoma to Choctaw Casino and Resort. It is the best getaway that you can Mm. get if you're in the Dallas area by far. And guess what? If you're listening from somewhere outside of DFW, say you're in South Texas or you're in another state, which we've got some listeners uh, in other states. Fly into Dallas, drive up. It is worth every penny. You don't have to go to Vegas anymore to have a world-class experience at a world-class resort and casino.
0: Yeah, we talk about the restaurants that are up there, those steakhouses. We talk about the concert venue. Uh, we, we had a conversation with Aaron Watson previously, and he talked about the, the intimacy. Every single seat in that concert venue is right on top. And there's not a bad seat in the house. There's not. And so these artists talk about it's one of the best places to play. And so go check, check out your, yourself a concert, the spa. The, the brand new expansion. I mean, it's just such a good time to your point, Tyler, if you need a break, things are getting crazy. Times are tough. Get up there, get up to Choctaw casino resort, have yourself a great time. We, we experience it. We love it. Uh, they're doing great things in the community. Can't say enough good things. And we're so grateful for their partnership. That's Choctaw casino resort. Go check them out. Now back to the episode.
12: If you do the following things, you're going to generally have a very high quality of help, high quality of life. Um, Depending on the person, you would make them in more individualized, but this is the nodes. This is the things you want to shoot for. So you need to do something that requires you to move without stopping for at least 30 minutes. Call
8: mm-hmm.
12: mm-hmm. this cardio, call it whatever you want. I don't call it that, but if you want that to be swimming, if you want that to be cycling or rowing, I don't really care. No stopping, sustained output for 30 minutes. Okay. Very important. You need to do something that challenges... A, close to a maximum heart rate. Okay, so this could be cycling class, could be spin class, could be, you know, a CrossFit, could be circuit training, could be any number of things, intervals on the beach, whatever. But something that takes your heart up to a high level or close to high level. That's number two. Number three, something that challenges your muscles to work to a burn. Uh. Okay, because again, mostly strength training here could be bodyweight stuff, could be, you know, bodyweight squats, could be walking lunges, could be planks. So every m- kind of muscle group needs to be worked to a pretty hard burn.
8: Mm.
12: Number four, you have to do something that makes you produce high amounts of force. So something heavy.
3: Uh-huh.
12: Right? And you want to do the major movement patterns. So you want to do upper body press, upper body pull, lower body press lower body pull right so you can press vertically like above your head you can press away from you like a bench or a chest you can do like a bent row which is a horizontal pull or a lap pull down or a pull up which is a vertical pull uh-huh. doesn't matter right and then you could do you could do dumbbells kettlebells barbells all uh-huh. that stuff is kind of noise right and then you need to do something the final one is that requires you to move fast uh-huh. and this is the one that folks that stop playing sports tend to forget
6: mm-hmm uh-huh. We
12: always say, as soon as you stop jumping, you start aging. (sighs) Okay. So you've got to do something that makes you move fast. And there's very specific reasons for that, for aging. We know scientifically that when you lose the fast-twitch fibers, the the ones that make you contract at these high velocities and high force, they don't come back. And you only activate them by doing something heavy. And you need these because things like foot speed, funny enough, but foot speed is one of the strongest predictors of things like a falling and breaking hip with age. Because if you trip, you have to have the speed Mm -hmm. and power to get your foot out in front of you and catch yourself in the fall.
0: Interesting. right?
12: So your likelihood of going into assisted living homes goes up sharply when you start losing speed and power.
13: Nashville has this big CRS Week, a uh, country radio seminar where all the radio stations go to Nashville and all the labels are trying to promote all their new upcoming artists and this and that. And the, the president of Sony went on record a few days before our album charted number one. He said, If uh, you are an independent artist, you do not exist. Mm. That was his quote. So I get interviewed, and they were like, hey, the president of Sony said that if you're an independent artist, then you don't exist. They said, "Uh, what would you say to him? I said, well, I guess I'd say, well, sir, my name's Aaron Watson, and uh, I'm an independent artist, and I got the number one record in all of country Mm. music this week. Mm. So I guess I exist. So I guess
14: I exist. Grew up in a, you know, financially unstable home with you know, both parents in the home. Uh, I was a middle child uh, with two two other brothers, a younger and older brother. And uh, just, just fighting uh, for everything that we had. Uh, never owned anything, bounced from place to place, uh, never owned a home. Uh, I remember times when I had to take baths with bottled waters. I had to... Mm-hmm. Um, my homework on the candlelight because the lights were off because couldn't afford to pay the light bill uh, there was times when running from the repo man where you know we parked our car down the street because we couldn't afford to pay our car note but we also couldn't afford to uh, lose our only form of transportation so we would walk home blocks and uh, leave our car uh, by someone else's house and uh, i couldn't control those things as a young kid mm-hmm. and i remember at our very lowest uh, being homeless living out of a motel you know being uh, you know me, my my parents and my brothers in this motel and this room 108. As I always talk about when I share my story, uh mm-hmm. going into this room in this motel at the edge of town, blue green vomit looking carpet, two full size beds to fit all five of us, a large window that overlooked that main highway I talked about earlier uh that ran through our city, and, and begging and pleading my dad to to park our car in the back because even as a 12 year old, I didn't I didn't want my classmates to see me mm-hmm. in this condition. I didn't want to have to do any ex- extra explanations on why we were in this situation, so uh, at that point, at that point, I made a declaration to myself that I wasn't going to allow that moment to define me, but refine me and push me closer to my dream and the goals that I had in my life, and I was determined not to allow my kids, my future kids, at that time, uh, to deal with certain, those same things that I was dealing with as uh, you know that uh, that twelve-year-old, thirteen-year-old kid,
8: right? Because. In 07, when I started investing, Zuckerberg, Evan Williams, and Jack Dorsey, uh, you know, David Karp, who founded Tumblr, I was betting on them because I'm like, oh, you're like me. You breathe for this shit. Mm-hmm. A couple years later, when this all got hot, the social network movie came out, everybody saw the money. Now, now I'm cool,
6: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right?
8: Like rappers that I think are the coolest in the world think I'm cool. Cool, yeah, yeah. yeah. Athletes that I think are the coolest, the world, they think I'm cool. And how do I handle that? Not the way you would think. It makes me realize like, Oh shit. Again, I got lucky gratitude. I'm thankful. I can't believe being an entrepreneur is now cool. When Mm -hmm. I was growing up, it wasn't
6: right. Right.
8: But that also means everyone's always going to try to be the cool thing. People always wanted to be a rapper Mm -hmm. an athlete or in the eighties, a rock star. Mm -hmm. So now what I'm seeing is a lot of people who just want to be an entrepreneur because it's cool. Right. And what I'm looking for is, do I believe in this person that it's in their DNA or are they subconsciously trying to be it because it's the thing?
15: Yeah. Right. I think all people have dreams, right? And then it's a question of whether or not you have access ways that allow you to get to them. And then whether or not you choose those access ways and prosecute that in a way that makes sense. So I had dreams and my dreams initially were derivative of my mom's hopes for my life. Mm-hmm. My mom wanted me to be a doctor, mm-hmm. so my dream became became I'm going to be a doctor, and then I realized that that's really not where my gifts were. Mm-hmm. It also wasn't where my intellectual curiosity mm-hmm. was. Right, and so it's it was, it's like you show up at your parent tells you I want you to be a running back, and then right. you realize I'm actually. A DB, right? I I don't have the inclination, the skills. Like I I want to crash into someone, (laughs) take (laughs) the ball away. And so I needed, what I had to do is to uncouple my dreams and ambitions from my mom's desires for me. She wanted a doctor. Mm -hmm. What she really wanted was for my life to be a happy life Mm -hmm. and for me to be able to do the things that were interesting to me. So I needed to formulate my own goals and dreams. And so I did. I shared them with her and said, this is what I'm trying to do with my life. And some of that stuff registered with her and, and some of it did not. Right. So ultimately she said, Baby, I just want you to be happy, go and do your thing. Right. And so that's what I, that's what I did. I wanted to get two years of college under my belt. Um, because then I could be a, then I could apply for a job in the post office or with the fire department. Mm-hmm. The best jobs on the, Penumbra on the edge of our neighborhood. Yeah. Were folks who worked in the post office. Mm. And if you could get a postal job, you may you came up. You you were coming up oh, in a you big were coming way yeah. You'd arrive. Yep. We made it. You yeah. 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 That's that's great stuff. Isn't that crazy wow.
6: how the perspective and the thoughts that you had as a kid just from being in that experience and living in that world similar to, to you? Uh, my deal was I want to be a cop. I want to be a police officer. I yeah. want to be a fireman, because that's all I saw. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That was success.
16: From that point at 20, now I'm 30. It's just been a gradual learning process, but there was this very distinct difference between avoiding knees and then trying to actually face my knees. And it was based on a quote that I saw from an Olympic trainer. And as you know, Olympic trainers are actually not necessarily the more popular ones. The more popular ones are usually guys marketing with, with famous pro athletes, Mm -hmm. whether they've really done the program or not, you know, (laughs) like there's the marketing of it there's versus the actual, you know, truth of what's going on. And so with, with certain Olympic sports, it's like, you know, if you're a little bit injured here or there, like you can't go set a world record, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's an, I feel like it's an interesting area. And I saw, because of just extensively um, now researching on the internet, you know, like in the nineties, it wasn't for, at least for me, like it wasn't as much internet That's now right. in the two thousands. Now it's like internet and Google. So I was able to, to dig and find a lot more outlier information. And so the outlier information I was finding of people who made these kind of knee transformations, right? Cause I was still this crazy guy, you know, trying to fix my knees. Mm-hmm. And so the outliers, it seemed like we're all people who could do this knees over toes stuff and people who were saying, no, 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 the the solution is actually to to train your knees over your toes. And it's the opposite of what we're being told. Now, most of these were more elite athletes than I was. And so they didn't really have it down to a system of like regressions, like what I've had to do because they were at least national level athletes, even at the time they got hurt or whatever. You know what I mean? I wasn't even a a good enough to get, you know, any level of of college recruitment at the time that I was getting bounced out of basketball. And
17: the difficulty you start to wallow in your own self pity, like, man, I'm running out of time. How much longer can I do this? Do I even want to do this? It's going to take me extra years. I could have been doing something else by now. Um, you know, but one of the hardest things about being an athlete, sometimes you have to reconcile with once you lose something, it's gone. Uh, like, you may never get a chance to get it back. You know, as much as people want to be like, oh, you'll get another chance next year or your best days are still ahead, like, you might not get this back. Uh, what may have been lost maybe lost forever, and it just wasn't meant for you. Uh, it's in someone else's trophy case, and they're going to be celebrated for it, and you just got to get over it. Uh, and so I think that that's something that I've had to deal with, but it's also made me a stronger individual spiritually because I've learned that every place that I've been is where God desires for me to be. And there's a lesson for me to learn from every loss, every victory, every difficulty, every level of adversity that I face. Like I have something to learn from it. I
0: want to take another quick break. And speaking of breaks, I want to take, thank our sponsor Sleep Number who gives you the best break of every single day of your life, which is sleep. Mm. And what they're doing with their technology and their mattresses is second to none. They have taken the mattress game and put it on steroids. Yeah. They check your heart rate, your your circadian rhythm. They're doing all these different things to test you while you're sleeping to make sure that it's custom and that every single night is the most restorative restful sleep that you're ever going to get it's
1: no accident that sleep number is the official sleep partner of the nfl and because nfl athletes are at the top when it comes to recovery when it comes to taking care of your body and nothing is more important than sleep we've talked about it on the show multiple times making sure you take care of your sleep and there's a reason that dak prescott sleeps on one every single Mm -hmm. night And there's a reason that his career has blossomed the way that it has. So make sure either you go online, sleepnumber.com, you go into a local store. They're going to walk you through it. You're going to experience the entire process of understanding what your sleep score is or what your sleep number is, and then ultimately showing you how to achieve the highest sleep score uh, because that's what's important is how you actually sleep and how you recover so that you can tackle the day with everything that you have.
0: Yeah, it's a VIP experience that we're all looking for. That's so right. at sleepnumber.com, Like Tyler said, go get yourself to a local store and get yourself that VIP experience. Now back to the episode.
18: The time I had major anxiety is we had, a, we had a baby boy. Uh-oh. So I'm making great money at this point, but I'm like, wow, if I give this up and go pursue this other world that I'm already really ingrained in and, and have a, a strong footprint in it, mm-hmm. This can go sour, just like anything can go sour. But I put this post up the other day that I didn't care if my wife didn't believe in me. I didn't care if my parents didn't believe in me or my friends or my old partner thought it was a bad decision. I didn't give a shit because I knew that there's only one person that has to believe in this decision. And that's the mug that I look in the mirror every day. Mm -hmm. If I believe in myself, there is zero doubt that I will be successful. And I'm not going to negotiate with any, anybody. I'm not going to negotiate with any of my dreams or my aspirations or things I want to accomplish because I know that I can accomplish anything as long as I work hard and believe in myself. So I was like, fuck it, let's go game time. And it was, it's just been, been wonderful because i work at it every single day. Still, it's Mm -hmm. not like we don't take days off about shit. It's still shooting content when you don't want to shoot content. It's still doing the little things mm-hmm. that I've learned over the years to be who I want to
2: be and live the life I want to live. And he grabbed a, uh, I'll never forget, my dad was left-handed. So he grabbed this like frying pan and he tried to swing and hit me with it. And I just put my, my, my arm up to block it. And I, I grabbed it out of his hand and I threw it. And I said, no more. Mm-hmm. You will never hit me again. Wow. If you cannot respect me, you won't talk to me.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: And my dad was like, Pack your shit up and get out of my house. If you can't follow my rules, you won't be here. And I said, okay. So went to my room. At the time, I had a PlayStation 2. And this is this is the neighborhood where I went to high school at. So it was so interesting because I walked in the room. I had all of my high school football newspaper clippings. Mm-hmm. Every interview I had was on the wall. Um, every time I was in the paper, I had my varsity jacket. Had everything. Like, all everything from track was in, in here you know, my wall of fame. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I walk in and I look at it. I knew this was going to be the last time I saw it. And I really just sat there and was appreciative of everything I went through in high school.
9: Mm -hmm.
2: Everything I went through, you know, because I really turned my life around in high school. That's Mm -hmm. really what happened. And I'm looking at it. I I can kind of see it here right now. I see the little P. It was a red and uh, it was red and gray. Pack my bag and I left and I went and walked to my high school. And, um, I sat out there, and I just cried. I just cried and cried and cried. And I was so disappointed in my dad. I was so disappointed in him that he was still continuing to be abusive, Mm -hmm. to be alcoholic, to be uh, domineering, to not respect me as a human being. Um, I called my mom, and I was just cursing and screaming and yelling, just telling her what happened, Mm -hmm. you know, telling her he kicked me out. And sitting at that high school at 17 – I realized that neither one of my parents were in a position to help me at 17, which is a position that at 17, you should still be getting help. help. mm That's right. From your parents. And I remember calling it. uh, What the fuck are you going to do moment? Mm -hmm. Because that's what I kept saying to myself. It's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I had I didn't have the answer. Right. So at that moment, what happened for me was anger got distilled in my body. That became my, de- my default emotion was anger. So I didn't have compassion or empathy for my father at that moment mm-hmm. or my mother. I was angry because they couldn't take care of me. Right. I was angry, but I also was determined because I knew I needed something different. Mm-hmm. I knew I needed to change the, the trajectory that I was on. I knew I needed to change it. I knew that I had too much talent to waste. Mm-hmm. I knew that I had too much skill to waste. I knew I had too much in me to let this situation uh, just keep me here I knew I was I was bigger than this situation I knew that there was more I just didn't know what it was right. but I knew it was something bigger than this if you're just like oh I want to have 20 million followers then you don't really
16: yeah. want that, you know you don't really you're not really planning on getting that you just want that right you now it's like hey I want 20 million dollars you know hey I want to have a mansion right it's like anybody can say that like you have to whatever it is man whether it's You want to be a doctor, you want to be a physical trainer, you want to be a football player, you want to be a podcast host. Like the nitty gritty BS that people don't see, the results that they don't see. If you're like, man, this gets me fired up. Like, I love this. When I get like that new idea that's funny and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a blast to make, it's going to be hilarious. That's when you know you got it. That's when you know you got
19: something, man. I was in the Big Ten finals, actually. Wrestling in the Big Ten finals, which is, which is, which is, nine or ten days before the national tournament and in the middle of the match like 30 seconds of the match the kid like hits a shot on me and like i step weird and my knee just blows up and i've torn my acl multiple times before so it's not like i'm not used i know the feeling and i remember uh just being like shocked like wow i just tore my uh, my my good knee you know Mm. and uh and I'd like t- the kid took me down and my I had like a nosebleed or something. So I, I looked at the ref, like I had a nosebleed. I go to the corner and I try to tell my coaches, like, I have a torn ACL. Like, but they're like, wake up. Cause you know, I'm the number one guy in the country. This kid's like number eight. I've teched him like three times before that. And he just took me down first, which like never happens never get taken down first by anybody. But like to my head, I didn't even realize I got taken down. All I was worried about was my knee and then I, my nose. Bleeding That's my crazy.
1: Head. I mean, wow. Well, I mean, priorities, man, takedowns. Number one, <laughs> ACLs number two or, or further thought, down yeah, the I list. Was, well, I never,
19: but I never had to tell my coaches. My, my main coach was uh, in my corner. His name's Terry Brance. Uh He grabs me and he shakes me and goes, wake up. And I go, okay. And I remember going in the middle and I, kept wrestling and I ended up winning the match like 21 to two and <laughs> on a torn ACL so I scored yeah I scored like 20 21 straight points on the kid but and I run out, and I go to run off the mat and I'm limping and I have to like stop myself from limping because I don't want anyone to know I'm hurt and my head coach Tom Brands who's Olympic champion um he hugs me like hey good job you know real work is coming we gotta, we gotta get ready for nationals I'm like hey I tore my ACL he goes your other knee because my other my right knee was already torn right. so I didn't have an <laughs> ACL in my right knee already so I've been wearing a brace on that knee. I go, yeah, my other knee. So they're like, okay, so same thing. Trainer comes me, congrats, good job. Hey, Tormento. He's like, your other knee? I'm Like, yeah, because I tore my ACL in the NCA finals two years prior to this, in the middle of the match. Which I don't, not, not most people don't know that, but I just wrestled through it, ended up winning in the NCA finals as well. So that was my, that was my, my that was your,
1: that was your first championship
19: second second. second okay action. so the year before well, yeah, okay. my first my first one I tore my ACL in high school got surgery on it, this one it. I tore it again so okay. wh-
0: why didn't you get surgery on the second one on the second time
19: because uh, I just had surgery on it a year prior and retore <laughs> it and i was like what's the point of getting surgery go find me a better straight. athlete
1: that you're pulling this <laughs> no. this acl from all right no.
19: yeah <laughs> <I'm> Ben. Like, <laughs> well my doctor was dr bradley um oh uh, uh, yeah yeah you know the pittsburgh steelers doctor yeah, yeah. And big ben and i'm like he's like one of the best in the whole world right. at this i was like i'm not gonna find i mean let's say my doctors in iowa aren't good because we have good doctors here mm-hmm. right? University of iowa, we have awesome doctors even they were like yeah he probably did a great job but they were like trying to kind of tell me that like, I guess the way I wrestle and how I explode my knees, maybe just, maybe they're just also might explode to, to, mm. to blowing. Yeah. Blowing out. Mm. And they're like, Hey, I mean, we're not good. Our surgery is better than what it was. You know, like if I had mm. surgery this year, than it was five, six years ago, obviously yeah. on medicine, but like, I'm like, but if I tear it again, like I just have to go through this again. So yeah, like I said, sorry, I'm, I'm rambling, but I tore no, it. No, it and um, yeah. So then I have nine days till the NCAA tournament. And I just had to get my knee healthy to some degree, so we'd like take the swelling out and you know start, go through that. And I remember I'm wrestling at the, end of the tournament. I can't like I'm not even like I have, I have a brace on my left knee for the first time. I never wore a brace on that. I've been wearing a brace on the right knee, so mm-hmm. the right knee I can't wear a brace as well. So I have to tape it. And I have to wrestle in this tournament, and I'm like supposed to kill everyone. I guess is like mm-hmm. the, the motive around me. And I'm out there like everyone's like Spencer looks like he's really slow and like he's not looking like he's very good. And I'm I'm kind of like. Like you guys have no idea. I'm just I'm 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 just trying to get through the tournament the best that I can, trying to stay healthy because I was like my, my main goal was the Olympic trials. Mm-hmm. Like the if tournament was for my team and for myself, like obviously, but I, I wasn't gonna miss this tournament the you know, to go to the trials. I was gonna do both. I was I was like I'm either gonna do both or you're cutting me off for either for both of them. Like that's just how either we're having surgery today and I'm missing both, or I'm going to both. So I end up I end up uh, going to the N C tournament, I end up winning
9: had some good
6: That's matches. Crazy. That's crazy. That is crazy.
9: And the laws are never going to change hearts. It's love that changes hearts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's God's love, it's love in our neighbor. So if it doesn't pass that test of love in our neighbor, then it's better to be quiet. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Bible says if you stay quiet, people are going to think you're really wise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, and there's just wisdom in some restraint. Mm-hmm. And our words have power of life and death so let's let's bring those words that are gonna help people come alive, heal, restore. And for such a time as this, I mean, we haven't seen our nation in this kind of a spot <laughs> and and this is it's timely right now. So mm-hmm. don't be discouraged. I just keep saying this, Don't be silent. Don't be intimidated. Like this is your time to use your gifts. stand up, speak up, and let's make a difference together. Let's yeah clap.
1: i just I just hope that it doesn't take. We've seen through history, you know, whether it's world war, you know, the, the Revolutionary War, whether it's, uh, you know, World War I, World War II, Vietnam, Gulf, 9-11, whatever it is, not for a tragedy of that magnitude for a country to unite. Like, mm-hmm. we have the opportunity to say, okay, hey, look, before it gets to that point, let's unite and recognize that, hey, we can move mountains as a country and yeah. we can do so many things mm-hmm. if we're all just moving in the same direction, but we're divided. I mean, what a mess.
9: Yeah. That's right. And I think just going back to racism, for example, like we can have the laws and the land change, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean the hearts change. Right. And where I think it's going to be one ultimately where we're going to have that true union and true equality and true love, it's going to be opening up our hearts, opening up our homes, and it's going to be friendship. Yeah. And yeah. all of us can do that. Like as big as the goal is, we've all got something that we can do. And again, I think it's our homes, it's our hearts, it's those friendships, it's having a meal together, it's understanding, it's sometimes crying together, it's apologizing, and, and it's coming together in love. And uh, we we need a source of love greater yeah. than just, I run out of love. Sometimes oh. my love is small. Yeah. So oh. I've got to receive love from God to have love, yeah. to to bring there so yeah, abide man. is is what i like to say
0: you know you just nailed it and there and i just literally had this conversation on the phone earlier about it, it's not the government's role to come in and make mandates and do all this it's it's up to individuals to go build relationships and that's exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm. racism isn't going to cure itself because the government says so it's going to cure when we as individuals Thank go in and we form relationships with each other and we mm-hmm. make the difference and
6: that's and that stands for being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. You have to be okay with being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to get there.